1: I want to bring you a message today from our Divine series. I want to catch you up in case you are our guest. I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. We have something very special to be part of our our service today. We began uh, a few weeks ago a series called Divine, and Divine is on the Song of Songs, okay? Or in the older versions of your Bible, the Song of Solomon. And I remember when I was about a 16, 17 year old boy, I had traveled to Jasper to preach in a small church there. I I read a verse out of the Song of Songs, and and the pastor came up to me afterwards and he said, Son, I'm going to tell you right now, no respectable uh, pastor ever uses anything from the Song of Songs. Well, welcome to my whole series on the Song of Songs. (laughs) He was wrong. Because every word, let me say it again, every word of Scripture is profitable and works good inside of who we are. And so from the Song of Songs, we've been discovering. Now we've had to go to a more modern translation to help you understand because I've had a lot of people, I had somebody almost 90 years old come up to me this morning and say, I have never seen it like this. So we're going to go together into this, but I just need you to understand that it tells you what it is from the very beginning. But Let's talk about the first week that we went into our study. The first week we realized out of the Song of Songs that, that, that the first chapter of the Song of Songs is, is nothing more than it seems than the, the plot of a good Hallmark movie. Not one amen and you were here for that sermon. Let me, some of you men said, I'm never going to rejoice over a Hallmark movie, but it's always the same. Two people that should have always been together finally find each other. After they find each other, things are better than can ever be expected until conflict enters the scene. Once the conflict enters the scene, all of a sudden they're separated and they have to make up their minds if they're going to come back together. Well, in the beauty of this story, we find in the first chapter that, that the ones that come together is one we know clearly is the shepherd king, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The second person who comes into this, this love story is going to be the bride. And the bride is called the Shulamite. And we've learned that Shulamite can only be formed by taking the masculine of Solomon and the feminine of Solomon and combining those together so that the only way you can become the bride of the king is to be made whole by the king. And we realize that we can see ourselves in this story because the only way that we became the bride of the Lord is because Jesus made us whole and he chose a people who were not a people and he made us the people of God and enters a love story that dwarfs all other love stories. It's amazing. It's beginning to build to this crescendo in chapter one and then all of a sudden enters the conflict. It's like any good Hallmark movie. Enters the conflict and all of a sudden someone withdraws and here's the conflict. Are you ready for it? Here we go. It says, I have sinned. And I don't know about you, but I feel like i fell failed God some days more than I've won for God. And the conflict arises and sin comes. And when I say I'm a sinner, what's the response of the shepherd king? He says, yet you are lovely to me. How amazing. And then, but I say, oh, but you don't understand. And it says in the poetic language that, that many suns have darkened my, my skin. And what that's talking about is not the pigment of a skin, but if you really literally translate it, it says that many suns have, have, have risen and set upon me and, and I've sinned day and day and day out. I've made the same mistake over and over and over again. And I know that it's not this, this particular service. This had to be for an earlier service. But, but, but I think some of us have made the same mistake over and over and over again. We've had to repent of it until we're tired of repenting over it. And yet his answer was this, no, you are lovely. Yet you are beautiful. And he said, but when you fall, I will show you how to follow your way back to me by following those who are in love with me, and they will bring you to where the shepherds declare who I am. And then when you get back, he says, I will restore you. And this beautiful love story begins, and, and then it moves into the song time. And, and, and how many of you know that a good song will get stuck in your head? A good song will affect who you are. A good song will give you a line that you can see a picture of. I mean, yesterday, I'm walking around the grocery store, and as I'm walking around the grocery store, all of a sudden, one of the songs from my wedding came on. And I started singing it right there in the middle of the grocery store, honey. I was just singing it. I I was singing it out. Charlie was over here looking at something, and I was over here just singing it out. And I looked up, and there's this lady standing there just smiling at me. And I was like, Ron. that's not for you, honey. Come on now, amen. <laughs> and I just kept singing as I went away. See, some songs mean a lot to you. They get stuck inside of who you are because it draws a good picture. It draws the right image. And I thought of some songs that, that do a pretty good job drawing the right picture. And, and, and honestly, this, this first one, the first service thought was funny. The second service acted like they didn't know what the song was, but there's a song going around now that draws a real good picture. It says, you make me want to roll my window down. How many of you know, know that? Yeah. How many are not going to admit anything in church? No. All right. <laughs> Here's another song that draws a good picture. I don't know this song, but it, I read these lyrics. It says, you with your voice like nails. Some of yep. See, if this were name your tune, some of you'll be getting points already. How about this? Anyone who has little girls should know this. The wind is howling like the swirling storm
0: inside.
1: Yeah, a lot of you went heard that 45 times in a day. Do you know when they sung that in children's church one day for something fun? Do you know that the boys outsung the girls, though? And I thought it was pretty wild. How about this? How many of you would get this mental picture? If you feel like a room without a roof. Or here's another song that some of us heard too much. All my life has been a series of doors in my face, but love is, anybody know it? An open door. Now this next one, it really, I have to be careful just sharing it with you because I'll sing it all afternoon. Matter of fact, one time Christina and I took Pastor Greg and Sandy with us on a trip to Florida and we all landed and this song was stuck in my head because it was Bethany's ringtone. And, and it just got stuck inside of my head. And, and I just started singing. And the bad thing was, Pastor Greg started singing it too. And we stopped up for dinner and we walk out of this restaurant and we looked at each other about the same time and realized we both went, this girl is on fire. You know, <laughs> it wasn't really funny when we saw the people looking at us. <laughs> They're like, whoa, Pastor. <laughs> um, yeah, see, things get stuck in your head. How about this one? Uh, my head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. You see, a good song, and I feel like I should lower my voice and sing that one, but but a good song gets in your head. It gets in your heart. You see, your life needs to realize the song that God's singing. Until you understand the image that God's singing, your life will never experience the beauty of the harmony that God has for you until you learn to hear the song that God's singing for you. You see, God's not singing some somebody done me wrong song over you. God didn't, God didn't create you to sing some why can't I have a better life song. God didn't create you to sing some pity party song. God's singing a song over you that, that is a song that is beautiful, that is a song of purpose, that is a song of rejoicing. And God wants you. And some of you are going, some of you are going, Pastor, what, what does that song sound like? I think it's different for everybody. I'm going to pick on Paul for a moment. Paul, in the last service, was up here on stage. He was so excited. One of the older ladies for the church had, had come walking up to him and said, Honey, would you play something with some serious beat this morning? Come on. He's like, Pastor, we're free. Come on. You see, some people want this song. Other people want that song. But here's the beauty of the song that Christ is singing over you. It's unique and special to all of us. It should stir All of our hearts. And chapter 2 picks up right there. You see it's a song. And here's where chapter 2 picks up. Verse number 1. This is what it tells us. Verse number 1 says this. She comes to this realization. The Shulamite, the one made whole by the king, comes to this realization. She says, I am truly his rose. The very theme of his song. Wait a minute. I have been overshadowed by his love growing in the valley. Now, nobody rejoices with that, but here's what she says. She says, he's singing about me. Who is singing about? The one who's made her whole is singing about her. Why is that beautiful to us? Because Jesus is singing a song about us. He is singing a song of rejoicing over you. He's singing a song of joy over you. He's not singing about your worries and your woes and your foes. He's singing about how wonderful you are and how chosen you are and that God picked you out and made you special. A matter of fact, here's how his song goes. It starts like this. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Verse number 10, arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. We're we're good so far. Come along with me. He said, I've got a song for you. Come on, baby. That's how he'd say it. Come on, baby. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. Wait a minute now. I have come as you have asked. How many songs have we sung? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. How many songs have we sung about the grace of God, the goodness of God, the forgiveness of God, the reckless love of God? How many songs have we sung to him? And we just think we're singing a song, but he said, no, 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 I heard your song. I heard you and I've chosen you. And I have showed up because you asked me to show up. I'm here because I heard what you said. And I love what he says. For now is the time, my beautiful one. If you need somebody to tell you you're good looking, go read Song of Songs. Come on, amen. 11th verse says this, the season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. I love what he says here. He says, I heard you crying for me and I've showed up and now it's time for us to sing. And you're going, but I'm not there yet. And he says, I know you're not there yet, but the song that we sing together is what's going to get you there. When you stop singing the song of defeat and you start singing the song of the redeemed, because the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why? Because I can either declare who I was or I can begin to declare who he is. And when I declare who he is, it helps me become who God called me to be. And here's what he says, because the rains have soaked the earth. And if you really take that in a literal, it says, what it's saying there is the Holy Spirit has begun to pour out in your life. And as the Holy Spirit begins to pour out in your life, God says, you can't do it on your own, but I'm going to send something down inside of you that fires you up. And changes who you are. The season has changed. The rain has soaked the earth and left It bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. He says, it's time for you to learn to sing while you work. Because let me tell you, God sings while he works. He said, I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and to guide you. There's only one kind of dove in that season, and that represents the Holy Spirit in Scripture. And he says, there's a sound that you can hear that's going to help you grow stronger. But Pastor Don, you don't understand. I've been this way for so long. I've heard thousands of messages. There's no change. That's because you've been singing the wrong song. If you will begin to hear the song of the Lamb, everything will begin to change. Verse 13 says this. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. I just love that. What signs? What, what, what signs the, oh, that's a couple of you. What signs the early, let's just say that word together early. Say it with me. Early. The early signs are breaking forth. Here's what that tells me. You're not there yet. You're not perfect yet. You still have rough edges. When I make a statement like that, people are like, why is he looking at me? <laughs> I'm not picking anybody. If there was a mirror, I'd look at that. I'm not, he's not through with me yet. Yeah. And I can either sing about my faults and my problems. It's sort of like in a marriage. If all you can do is sing each other's faults and problems, then you wonder why you're still together. You need to learn to celebrate each other. You need to learn to sing a different song because the beginning that's happening in you changes the song. And it's sort of like at a certain time of year, every year I say the same thing to Pastor Danny. We never get time to go. But every year when these certain little buds come out, I say it's time to fish for that kind of fish. Why? Because it's a sign of what's coming, what's changing in the world. Can I tell you, when you allow God to change your song, it's a sign of what's coming for you. When you stop that somebody done me wrong song, and you start singing the song of the redeemed, when you start singing, I am a blood-bought child of the King, when you start singing that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, when you start declaring that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, and you start singing who you are in Christ, all of a sudden your life begins to come alive. Things change. But then he changes the song briefly. He's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then verse 15 comes. And he says, and I'm not going to sing it for you. You must catch the troubling foxes. Not one amen in any service on that. He says, you must catch the sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. Wow, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. He says in this this verse, he says, will you catch them and remove them for me? I love this, what he says. He says, guys, he's singing about how wonderful you are and all of a sudden he says, but will you deal with the little foxes? Will you deal with the little things in your life that have you singing off key? I'll never forget, we used to have this choir come in from Southeastern. It'd fill the stage, and there'd be about 50 or 60 of them up here on the stage, and they'd be stacked two and three deep. And as they would, they would stand here, and there's a little guy he'd stand right out there, and, and, and he, would, he would listen, and he'd be directing them, and he'd be doing that, you know, you know all the fancy stuff. And where's Spencer at? Come on, amen. <laughs> and, and, and be directing and all of a sudden, in the middle of that, you'd hear him say, Stop, 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 stop. I mean, I'm just going to show you the way he'd do it. Stop, 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 stop. And the whole place would freeze. And he'd point at some poor little person over here in in, in about the third row, and he'd say, you, you're off key. I'm like, how in the world did you hear that? And then he'd follow up with this, either get on key or get back on the bus. I don't know why you wasted my time bringing you here. I thought, man, I'd be getting on the bus. (laughs) But when they address the issue... And they all sang in the right key. It would shake this house. And hardly a dry eye in the place. Why? Because it all worked together. Can I tell you, it's the little things that are off key in your life. The little sins, the little things that you've been allowing to stay there that are throwing you off and it's keeping you from sounding and living out in the harmony of what God has for you. Now I have a problem when it comes to singing. I follow Whoever's leading, and if they're leading, one of these guys, if they're leading right on, right on key, everything's good. I can follow them. But if they go off key, I go with them and lift my hands and worship the whole way there. I remember past uh, preaching in those little churches when I was when I was traveling a lot, and you it would not it was not a key. And I matched up with them perfectly. <laughs> See, the problem is this. Some of you have been spending your time matching up with the sin. Now look, we don't have to do an investigation to know what the little foxes in your life. The moment I started talking about little sins, you really knew what they were. And here's what God says. He says, will you deal with those things that will make you sound better? Because once you deal with the sin, you get better. And I love what he says here. It's beautiful. I love what he says. He says, will you catch them and remove them for me? But then he makes it even more special. He comes back around to the love song. Here's what he says. Are you ready for this? He says, we'll just do it together. We'll just do it together. You see, God says, I can sing on key. And if you'll harmonize with me, it's all going to work out. He says, I'll help you. I'll help you become. Then he goes on to say, I know my lover is mine, and I have everything in you, for we delight ourselves in each other. Now you go, Pastor, how could God even sing over me, much less delight in me? I mean, get this image for just a moment. Imagine a tiny speck in the universe. A tiny speck in the universe, that's earth. On the tiny speck, it's something that's not even big enough to be a speck. That's us. And somewhere 183 billion light years above is God. And yet the scripture says he's looking at us. He takes joy in us. Zephaniah said it this way. Chapter 3, verse 17, he said this. He said, the Lord your God is with you. This great God is right here beside you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you in His love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. The beauty of... Of the song is he doesn't have to sing it but he does he's not bound to sing to us but he yet sings over us not only does he sing over us he rejoices when we sing back to him let me close with this today Most of us, when we think of a love song or a love story, we think of happily ever after, the the end of the story. But love isn't a story with a happy ending. Love is a story with no ending. You see, most of us just want God to fix our now. But God wants to change your song and fix your forever. God wants you to learn to sing in harmony with him.